Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 128. And today we are in our story of scripture series and we're going to cover Revelation. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Revelation. Is that, is, is Revelation scary to you? Yeah. It is? Yeah. I think because of the Left Behind series. Okay. That's what I was about to say, too. It used to be to me yeah. because of oh, the Left Behind oh, series. Right now? Right now? Hmm. A little bit because I'm still a little confused on the like a millennial, a millennial, post millennial, like that stuff. Yeah. Okay, we don't I need would to get say, into that. <laughs> I would say now I'm more confused than scared. Okay. Okay. That's used fair. to, I was like freaked out. Like yeah. I would not even touch revelation. Yeah. Like I wouldn't open to it, which is not good. It's yeah, God's yeah. holy word. Right. Yeah. But like it terrified me now. It's not as scary. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's not as scary, but it is confusing. Yeah, that's fair. So that's fair. We're gonna we're gonna talk Do about our best how, to make it a little less confusing. Yeah, and just how it how it fits into the whole story of scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have entitled this "God Makes All Things New." The story ends with a vision God gives to John about the second coming of Jesus in the new creation. God shows John many things about what is going to happen in the future. He shows him that there is coming judgment for those who don't follow Jesus and coming new creation for those who do. He urges believers to stay strong, and ultimately he reminds all of us that death will be defeated once and for all, and that in this new creation there will be no more sadness, no more sorrow, and no more sin. Until then, we are left in the already and the not yet, but longing for God's promise of making all things new. This is a good story. This is God's story. I can't believe we're at Revelation. I know. I feel like we've been like on a long sprint. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. we can almost breathe. Yeah. But first, Revelation. <laughs> yes. First, Revelation. <laughs> well, it sounds like there's two books. First, Revelation. Second, Revelation. Oh, and this is something like some people get really upset about. They're like, you can't say Revelations. Do not put an S on the end. People get all like there's super feisty, revelation, super salty. Revelations. <laughs> like, okay, guys, there's much bigger things to be salty about, but okay. So we've both been listening to The Village's Matt Chandler's series on this right now. Mm -hmm. So if you want more in-depth teaching about like what some of this symbolism and stuff means, go listen to that. And we'll be sure to link it. Like go listen to that because he is doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, he is. Another, if you're like someone who really, really wants like a whole big in-depth study thing on this, um, BSF did Revelation a few years ago. And I think everything is online now that you could maybe, I should have looked this up before I mentioned this, but you could maybe. Or hop in next time they do it. Yeah. Because yeah. they all, they cycle through, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And there's a lot of big, um, highly debated things that mm-hmm. come up in like about the return of right. Christ and what that looks like and all of that. So like a good systematic theology book, like Wayne Grudem's mm-hmm. could be helpful if you want to learn all the big words like mm-hmm. amillennial and postmillennial and, and all those things. Um, we're not going to get into that really yeah. in today's episode because yeah. the point of our series is to show God's story as one story. And, um, we feel like that would just be distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Alistair Begg says the plain things are the main things and the main things are the plain things. You have so, to do his accent. 
The main things are the plain things. I can't do accents. And the plain things are the main things. I don't know. We should have Taylor back on here. So we want to make sure to kind of keep that in perspective as we talk about Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. And Chandler, in his intro um, to this series of Revelation, he said that John's primary concern is not the how and the when, but the who and the why. Mm -hmm. And I think that's similar to how we talked about um, creation Mm -hmm. as well. Like there are certain things the text are trying to convey. And so the text is focused on the who and the why. Mm -hmm. So that's what we should be focused on. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had a really good analogy that I thought was super helpful when thinking of Revelation is that it's not a linear story. Think of it as like windows. Mm -hmm. So you're getting different glimpses in. um, And I thought that was so helpful. I love that analogy because we do. I mean, obviously we like timelines, right? Right, right. If you look at our whole series, we've done a timeline for all of it. This one's kind of funny because it's kind (laughs) of like Jesus returns. (laughs) The The end. Not the end, not the end, right? Right, right, but, right, right. Um, but we love timelines. And so in our brains, we're trying to make it linear. Yes. We're like, but when's this going to happen? Right. And when's this going to happen? And can I have babies before Jesus returns? Because mm-hmm. I really want to have babies before yeah. Jesus uh-huh, returns. Uh-huh. You know, like all these things. Are we going to be here during all of this crazy and scary stuff? Are mm-hmm. we going to, you know, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Keep the main things, the plain things. Yep. Yep. Um, I think as we've been preparing for this, the Lord has been showing me like the tie between epistles and this, because I've always just kind of thought of like the epistles, like we talked about last week, these are letters about to the churches and about how to live for God and, and all of that and how the gospel has impact on all our lives. And then this is just kind of some random like way in the future Uh type thing. And as I've been studying um, in drama of scripture has some good stuff on this, but it's, and this could be, I don't know, just dependent on your take on on how Jesus returns. But mm-hmm. I always kind of thought um, it was like, okay, Jesus came and now we're living in the already and the not yet. But it's kind of just like us in this like waiting period. And, our, and the only thing that's happening is like waiting until the, the tongues and nations all hear of God's news, which that is true. But also God is restoring yeah. um, until he comes again. And we'll talk about that more um, as we get into this episode. But I think that's a good, helpful perspective to have because sometimes you might feel like, well, we're just kind of like in this holding period yeah. or maybe you're thinking like, well, I'm not a missionary, so I'm not really part of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not true. God's story is continuing. And part of what he's doing is like we ended last week is like making his name known and expanding his kingdom. But also part of what he's doing is restoring us mm-hmm. as his mm-hmm. people until he comes again. It kind of makes me think of that, like 400 years of silence, mm. um, how, mm. you know, you hear silence. So you automatically think, well, God's not doing much. And mm. we talked about this before, but he was, he was working and he was preparing the way for his son to come yeah. Yeah. for the incarnation. And so, I kind of think of that as the same, like he is still working. He's still moving. He's still yeah. advancing his story yeah. right now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Let's start with reading a little bit of Revelation. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read Revelation 21 verses one through five. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away and he who was seated on the throne said behold i am making all things new also he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true 
Hmm. I like um, my, I have CSB version in front of me right now. And mine says, these words are faithful and true. Mm, yes, and I yes. love that because that's something that we've seen all throughout God's stories, how he's continually faithful, right? Like we mm-hmm. said, like he is faithful even when his people are mm-hmm. not. And so I love that. That kind of ends with that. Like this is, he is faithful. These words are faithful yeah. and true. Yeah. And we see some promises in there mm-hmm. um, that we're going to talk about a little bit more in a minute, but mm-hmm. it's just a good place to get started with, with reading part of revelation. Yeah. Um, in, in drama of scripture, he summarizes this yeah. portion of scripture or like the whole book of revelation as God will triumph. Mm, yes. Yes. And, and I feel like that's a yes. good lens. It's yes. like a, the, the thesis statement mm-hmm. of the book. If yes. You will. I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So who wrote, uh, who wrote John, who wrote <laughs> revelation, John, who also wrote John mm-hmm. wrote revelation. Um, and he was a prisoner. I don't know that I ever really, really realized that on the mm-hmm. Island of Patmos. Mm-hmm. Um, the year is highly debated, highly debated. <laughs> this kind of has to do with your eschatological view, which means like uh-huh. view of like in time stuff. Yeah. Um, some people say right before the destruction of the temple. Others say towards the end of the first century. So you have to do your own study to figure <laughs> out what it is you believe. Um, this is which Erin kind of referred to it when she was talking about the connection with the epistles. But I never really, really realized how much this is also a letter. Like mm. it says that it's clear. It mm-hmm. says that, but I focus more on the apocalyptic yeah. part of it. Um, but it is also a letter to these seven churches. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about epistles before, but what's apocalyptic literature? Po- apocalyptic. It's scary. It sounds scary, right? Like yeah. zombies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like walking dead type of stuff. (laughs) Um, It's the revealing of divine mysteries. And these are seen through John's visions. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit of background on the book of revelation. Mm -hmm. What are some of the promises that we see? So as we talked about a minute ago, um, we, when we read this, we read this verse. So we see a lot of promises in the, these, this passage that we read, we see once again, the same promise we've seen from the very beginning the promise of God's presence. Mm -hmm. And we've mentioned this book um, before on here, but it's just so good. And it's worth mentioning again, Glenna Marshall's the promise is his presence. Um, And I just happened to read that book right before we started story, which it was God's providence, obviously, (laughs) but that's, she traces God's presence throughout scripture. I mean, all throughout scripture, that's just such a big theme. And we've Mm -hmm. seen that as we've studied Mm -hmm. too. And again, in these verses, you see that God will be with you. Mm -hmm. Um, we see no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. Like Mm -hmm. these are huge promises, especially right now in 2021, when it's Mm -hmm. been a year of all of these things, we've experienced death, we've experienced pain. Um, it's, it's been a hard, hard season for us, for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Aaron said, the biggest promise of all is that Jesus is victorious mm-hmm. in the end. He mm-hmm. is the victor over, over all of these things that I just mentioned, but over Satan, you know, that's just, that's so important and just the biggest promise. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I like get really excited about the no more sickness and no more tears. I'm not a fan of crying. Um, even when my girls were little, when they were like three or four, one day, one of them was crying and she was like, mom, you can't wait to go to heaven. So you, nobody will cry anymore. And I was like, well, yeah, you're right. Actually. You're true. <laughs> but I was like, Bring I'm actually on, excited Jesus. to go to heaven to be with <laughs> Jesus. But that is a nice little perk that it there is, won't be any more crying. Yeah. But I think just like thinking of perfection, like how 
God exists in perfection and how he created Eve. And it was this like so close to, or not Eve, Eden. And it was so close to perfection Mm. that the new heaven, it's like, it's hard for us to even really picture what it will be like. It's hard for us to really grasp because we live in such brokenness. Mm -hmm. But just like, I think of it almost as like, like a breath of fresh air, like that feeling of like, like you go outside and it's a beautiful day. Just like that feeling is how I I think of heaven. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Hayden said that this morning when she got out of the car, it's like like a cool crisp day here, mm. but not like cold. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crisp. Yeah. And Hayden's got out and like breathed in the air and she's like, Oh, it feels like Colorado and we're, uh-huh. we're central Texans. Yeah. So like cool, crisp Colorado air is like heaven to us. Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely, that's one of the best feelings in the world. I love it. And I think like, okay, so you were saying that one of the promises is that Jesus is victorious and that has like multiple implications on different things. Like Jesus already is victorious over paying for our sins, right? right? right. He's already redeemed that for us. Mm-hmm. But in this new heaven and new earth, there's like, multiple layers Mm -hmm. to what that means that Jesus is victorious. He has like, we see now that people still die. So although it is finished, his work on the cross has redeemed us from our sin. It's still happening right right now in the already and not yet. And then at the end, it is fully brought to fruition. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's no like really good way to say that words don't seem to cover it well, but like there will be no more death and there will be no more sin. And so um, this has been said by multiple people in, in different ways. So I definitely did not come up with this. But one way to think about it is that um, in our current age right now, in the already and the not yet, we're free from the penalty of sin mm-hmm. and the power of sin. We're able to not sin. Mm-hmm, right. um, so we're free from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. But in the new heaven and the new earth, we'll also be free from the presence mm-hmm. of sin. Won't that be a great day? Yeah. Okay, so what role does Revelation play in this big story of redemption? We've been talking about each each section of the story of redemption. And so how does Revelation relate to creation or to the patriarchs or to the mm-hmm. gospels? Like what mm-hmm. role does it play? I mean, we said that Jesus coming in the gospel is like the pinnacle of the story, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like this is the end game right, of right, the story. Yeah. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? So like everything since the fall has been marching towards Christ and then now towards this new creation where we will perfectly dwell for all of time with our creator, how God designed it to be, right? Mm -hmm. Without sin, with him in perfection. And I think there's so many... There's so many things in the story that we've talked about that came to completion in Christ, but there's, there's this already and not yet part that we talked about last week and that we're living in now that we're like, Christ Christ wasn't the end. What he did on the cross wasn't the Mm -hmm. end. And that doesn't belittle what he did on the cross or anything. Like, don't hear me incorrectly here, but we're obviously still living. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't the end. So what now? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So Nancy and Nancy Guthrie's, um, this little book I've mentioned, mentioned multiple times, seeing Jesus, um, seeking and finding him in the scriptures. She has some, uh, like two really good pages on this. I'm not going to read it all, but she basically talks about this idea that we, we've, we live on this side of the cross. And so 
Christ's work as redeemer is finished, but his work as sanctifier and sustainer is still happening mm-hmm. until he comes again. So this story where it started with creation and then the fall and then the patriarchs and all of this kind of marching along the story, now we get to see all of the all of that work that was done through through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. through God, through Jesus on the cross, all of that will will get its goal yeah like why did all that matter yes we'll reach its goal when we get to this part of the story which we haven't got to yet because we still live in the middle right um and i think some some good ties are if we look at isaiah which are like Mm -hmm. wait why are we going to isaiah we're in revelation but um there's some good prophecy in isaiah that actually points to to um i keep wanting to call it restoration yeah some people call it restoration there's another one that people say that starts with an r and i can't think of what it is um so that points to that so he says and i think this is just a beautiful picture and so he says um an infant this is isaiah 11 8 says an infant will play besides the cobra's pit and a toddler will put his Mm -hmm. hand in the snake's den and i have an insane phobia of snakes like i I can't even go to the zoo exhibits like i can't look at them in books my kids turn the page because they know it's it's really bad and there's reason for it if you go back and listen to our episode where we interviewed evie we talked about that i think it's like episode 15 maybe i don't know why i remember that number something like that but um i was tormented by snakes so um but just that picture like that's what heaven's gonna be like and he's talking about this way before revelation mm-hmm. is written right mm-hmm. and he's saying it's gonna be there's gonna be no nothing to be afraid of Ugh, there's gonna be yeah. no pain yeah. so there's no worry and i have a one-year-old right now i have a toddler who continues to put his hand in the ant piles so it's very similar this strikes a chord with me he, he'll Reads be able one <laughs> he'll be able to put his hand in the ant piles and not feel pain oh, sweet boy. and so i just i love that that even though we're in revelation, like even back Mm -hmm. all the way in the prophetic in the prophets, Mm -hmm. we're talking about new creation. So we see that this isn't some afterthought, right? right? This isn't like, okay, well they messed it up and now I'm going to send Jesus. And, but now what do we do? We're in this already. So let's like point towards something like this is, from the foundation of the world. God's plan. God's plan. Mm -hmm. God's Mm -hmm. plan. Yeah. Sproul calls it a commencement. Mm, Commencement. That's a great word. He he compared it to, I know, good job, Sproul. (laughs) (laughs) He compared it to like a graduation, right? Because it's the end of one thing, but it's the beginning of something else. This is why I named my son after you. And so, yeah, yeah, just so good. (laughs) I was like, this makes so much sense. He was also talking about, this is sidetrack, but he was talking about in Hebrews, like the whole Melchizedek, the deck thing uh-huh, the way uh-huh. he explained that was like really really clear i'm like man sprawl like oh rest in peace we love you okay so yeah so good so good so how does this change or affect the way we read the rest of the story of scripture we talked about that a little bit like with isaiah but what else okay so you know how sometimes and we we've compared scripture to movies several times but it just makes sense it's in our blast in our minds because we we love movies right sure. we, we're all familiar with movies and books and you know how there are those movies that you watch the whole time and you're kind of a little bit confused and then the, at the end you're like oh that makes sense mm-hmm. and so you go back and rewatch like the sixth sense the sixth sense is a <laughs> that's great a great example, example of this yeah. you go back and you rewatch the movie knowing mm-hmm what the end is and so it makes the rest of the movie so much more clear you see things that you didn't see before you Mm -hmm. understand things that you didn't understand before so I think that um knowing 
what the end game is, Mm -hmm. knowing revelation helps us read like Aaron was saying, like when we read that passage in Isaiah, it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is what he's pointing towards. Mm -hmm. And it just makes a lot more sense. It just makes it more clear. Yeah. And, and I think it, it helps us to see, it ties together a lot of the promises that we see in other Mm -hmm. parts of scripture. Exactly. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it just, it's like, oh, okay. Now those things all make sense. So now I'm not avoiding revelation like I used to, because I'm like, oh, that's why he says that Mm -hmm. in the prophets or Mm -hmm. that's why he says that. I'm like, it it does. It just ties it, ties it together. Yep. What does it mean? What does revelation mean for us in the day to day? I mean, apocalyptic literature, like how does that affect us as, as moms, as wives, as Bible teachers, as friends? Why, why does it matter? Well, I think one of the biggest impacts it has for us day to day is, um, revelation, Seven um, says, I'm pulling it up so that I can make sure I say it correctly because I like to combine scriptures sometimes when I quote them. Um, <laughs> so it, in chapter number seven, it says, um, blah, 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 blah. After this, I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, mm-hmm. people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. And it goes on to talk about how these people are worshiping. Um, and I think that that's one of the impacts it has on our day-to-day. Our church just recently had a um, workshop about like what it what, what that means. And and I've been kind of wrestling with that. Like, what, what does that mean for us now? And, mm-hmm. and if we look to, like that verse just said, if we look to what heaven's going to be like, what heaven's going to be like is people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. That's God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's God's kingdom. And we pray, right? Like, Lord, your kingdom come. Right. So right. why are, like, one of the things it has on our day is like, let's make our lives mm-hmm. look like what it's going to look like in heaven. Mm-hmm. So one, that's worshiping all the time, not just worshiping Sunday mornings. That's, that's like Revelation tells us we are going mm-hmm. to be forever in a state of worship mm-hmm. because we're going to be in the presence of our King. Mm-hmm. So one, that should make my life be a life of worship. And that doesn't mean I'm constantly singing, even though I am. <laughs> I was going to say, well, <laughs> I am, <laughs> but my it kids means constantly. <laughs> it means working. Like mm-hmm. your, your job can be a form of worship to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. I read something recently, recently that was like the sacredness of, of work or something like that. And it's like our work can be a form of worship to the Lord if we do it in a way that is glorifying to him and an act of service to him mm-hmm. um, and a contentment and, and a joy and all of that. So I think mm-hmm. one is that it's worship, but I think the other one, and this is such a hot topic right now. So it's biblical. So, but is that it's every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so if I say, this is what it looks like in your kingdom, Lord, and I'm praying for your kingdom to come, my life, my church, my kids, friends, my school should look like that, like Mm -hmm. should be. And I, um, after this training this week, I like how he said multicultural. I think he said multi-ethnic is like a really hot button word right now, but maybe a more clear biblical word is multicultural. Yeah. I like that. Um, and so, like I said, this is, it shouldn't be a hot button issue. It's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. It's what heaven is going to be like and it's going to be perfect and it's going to be beautiful and that's what we want for our life here and that's very like we've said before contextualized it's different depending on where you it live yeah. it's going to, so yeah. it's not saying like look at us another person and be like well i need to have this many different friends from this many different exactly. cultures exactly. but it is an awareness in saying mm-hmm. lord i see your beauty and the way you've created all different cultures and all different tribes and all different tongues and all different nations and i want my kingdom to look like yours so like invite in people from different cultures and like ask the Lord to bring people into your life that look different than you, that have different experiences than you. And 
I have just been having like a lot of prayers and conversations about this because I hate that it's such a tense issue in our world. Mm -hmm. And if you say, yes, we need to have multicultural, then people put you in one camp. Mm -hmm. And if you don't say that, then people put you in a different camp. And I'm like, don't put me in a camp. I want to follow the word. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not following one side or the other. I want to just be faithful to what God has called us to. Mm -hmm. And so my push to you, and maybe this is just for my own heart to need to hear, but I feel like other people got to be feeling it too. It's like, don't worry about what other people are saying or putting you in camps or not putting you in camps or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but just spend time in God's word. Look at his kingdom here on earth when he lived here on earth through Jesus and look at what his kingdom looks like in heaven and then pray that God Mm -hmm. would help you bring that kingdom to where you are right now. And I'm fired up on this and I'm sorry, but I just like, this is something the Lord has really been putting on my heart because I hate how divisive it is. Well, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head several times. And we even talked about this earlier in, in this year when we were going through James, but pray, pray, yes. pray, pray. Yeah. Um, because the Lord, this is what he wants. Like mm-hmm. this is his kingdom. You're right. Mm-hmm. This is what his kingdom looks like. This is what he wants. And he will be faithful to yeah. provide that. We have both seen that in our lives that Mm -hmm. when we have truly prayed like lord let your kingdom the diversity that is in your kingdom let that come in our life in our family's lives and the lord has provided it in very very different ways for us like aaron is surrounded by different Mm -hmm. cultures than than we are um but like i've literally got chills on my arm right now because it has been so incredible um to live that way our lives have been so enriched um to be around people of different cultures and um it's just so beautiful Mm -hmm. it really i mean it really is part of the kingdom of god like it is is, it's just so beautiful Mm -hmm. um so no i yes yes pray for that and like truly like mean it when you pray it yeah 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 what else? What else do you think it means for the day to day? Um, so this really gives me so much hope mm. um, as we're living, and we'll talk about this a little bit more on our wrap up episode next week. But um, as we're living in this like day to day, in the hard moments, or even just like the mon- mundane moments, knowing that this isn't the end, mm-hmm. um, and knowing that my Savior has already won, like mm-hmm. we said earlier, He's already victorious. Um, like Aaron said, the glorified body, you know, the no uh-huh. sickness, no tears. That that gets me excited too. But just remembering that we will be in God's kingdom, like there, mm-hmm. there is more mm-hmm. and there is, there is, um, something to look forward to. That doesn't mean that how we're living in the day to day doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. like we talked about a lot, like we are advancing God's story. Like it definitely matters, but just having that hope, um, during hard times, like that is huge to remember mm-hmm. in the day to day and mm-hmm. to like point your kids and your friends to, you know, reminding them when they get down, you know, we're seeing so many, so much depression and anxiety and that's not, that that's not a knock at any of that stuff. Like that's stuff that I struggle with. And when I'm struggling with those things, like remembering this hope that we have for the future, it it is what helps get me through yeah. those hard things. Um, I think another thing is um, focusing on what has eternal value, mm-hmm. remembering that what like our physical materialistic things here on earth is not what's going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just that reminder is important yeah. in my day to day. The perspective, um, reminding my kids of that, reminding myself of that. It doesn't matter what car I have or what house I have or, you know, any mm-hmm. of these things, those things don't have eternal value. So that's just a, a real like practical yeah. thing. Yeah. That's really good. Anything else? I feel like we'll go into this on the wrap up. We'll go into this on the wrap up, but I think just like seeing this as our final episode in as far as like the story itself, I think it's just a beautiful way to end. Right. Yeah. Not scary. Not scary. Right. But when we think of the scripture, the story of scripture as a whole, like God created and then Mm -hmm. man rebelled and, and all of the different things that we've talked about throughout these series, like, I don't know. I could have had a different ending. Like, Mm -hmm. but the fact that what it ends with is incredible news of that. We get to live forever with, with Jesus is like, that's a great ending. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the sober reality of that is that, like we said in the intro paragraph, like when Jesus comes, it is wonderful news for those who believe and it is a judgment for those who don't. And so again, just like, just like we ended last time, like this is a push for Mm -hmm. us to remember that when Jesus comes again, he's coming in judgment. Mm -hmm. And, um, I read something, And it said like when Jesus came the first time he came and he was in the most humble way and then he rode, you know, to his death on a humble donkey. Mm -hmm. But when he comes again, it says in Revelation, he comes on a white war horse Mm -hmm. and like he's coming. Tattoos. Yeah. And And he comes like in majesty and in power. And so we, I mean, I love that because we often talk in in here about how like God is intimate and he is Mm -hmm. infinite. And so we're seeing that dynamic, Mm -hmm. but also what that symbolizes is that he's coming he came the first time to redeem and he's coming the second time to bring complete restoration, but also to bring final judgment. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not like the best note for us to end on, but it, it should remind us like sober us up to the fact that like we have friends and neighbors and family that need to know the good news of Jesus Mm -hmm. and that they can live in this, this perfection that we're talking about that we'll get to live in for eternity. And so that should encourage us and and light a fire under us like you mentioned about peter Mm -hmm. last time and it should light a fire under us to advance that kingdom and to share his good news because we want everybody to be with us you know all our family all our friends all our loved Mm -hmm. ones every tribe tongue and nation to know him and i think like like we said throughout this entire episode and throughout this entire story like god is good and he he wants good for us and he wants to be glorified and so so even though that sounds can sound like kind of a Debbie Downer way to end this, I think it should one sober us up, like we said, right. but also it should give us hope that he hasn't come yet. And the reason he hasn't come yet is because he said he mm. was going to wait yeah. until everyone who was going to believe in his name will. He's drawing more people to him. Yes. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that should one sober us up, but two, give us just such a hope and an encouragement that we get to be part mm. of, of that making the, his, his name known yeah. to all those who will believe. Yeah. So I'm going to end um, with this quote that I think is is a really good um, just ending place for us. So it's from Von Roberts, and he says, The New Testament ends where the Old Testament ended, looking forward, waiting for the final fulfillment of the promises of God. Jesus reassures his people, yes, I am coming soon. And if we understand the wonder of what is in store for us, we will reply just like the end of Revelation. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come back next week as we wrap up this series. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.